When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's go to Brad Porter. Let's welcome him. And, uh, you know, uh, last word, I mean, it's been kind of to and fro between him and, mm. you know, that Adam Kwasnick joined us while you were away. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so it's a photo finish between these two. Oh. What, what would you say, Mick? Well, you know, I know both the boys and, you know, and, and me and Kwas have done a couple of things. And I know Brad, obviously, and... Uh, Man, I'm I'm torn, mate. I, I just you know, like so trying to pick your favourite kid. It, it is a bit. Yeah, yeah. It is a bit like, but no. But I, but I'm sorry, but I'm leaving the quads. Oh. <laughs> well, well, let's go to Brad Porter and see what he delivers today. Good morning, mate. And uh, overnight, we've seen. Can you believe the USA has drawn with England? Yeah, yeah. Surprising result there. Obviously, uh, England had a fantastic first up result, six uh, two over Iran, and. You know, football was apparently coming home as uh, as always with a with a good early result of the tournament. But uh, yeah, certainly brought back down to earth uh, with a nil result result against the US, who you know are, are a decent team in their own right. I watched their first match as, as well. Um, so you know, I'm I'm sure the English nation will be up in arms and it'll be absolute chaos over there in the press. But yeah, you know, if I'm Gareth Southgate, I'm not too concerned with four points from two games. Mate, I got to tell you, I watched. Uh, you know, most of the game this morning. Um, the US looked like they were the more dominant team, uh, created more opportunities, didn't quite take advantage of those opportunities when they did come. But, um, um, yeah, I, I think you're right about, I, I have no doubt the English media will be all over this and, uh, you know, up in arms as to how, they, especially after the result against Iran, that 6-2 victory. Um, it was a great way to start the tournament. Um, but, Mate, I love this World Cup and, and what it's about and the permutations that come with it. A big game tonight for Australia taking on Tunisia. Anything but a win um, will basically see the Aussies bow out. And uh, it's so important. How do you see this playing out, Brad? Do you think they can get the job done tonight? Yeah, look, I've been uh, really surprised at the reaction after the France game. I think, uh, you know, we talk about the, the negative press in England. I, you know, I don't understand the negativity towards the Socceroos um, you know, I, I think Graham Arnold, with the players that he's got at his disposal, I think it's you know it's an incredible achievement that we're even at the World Cup to start with. Um, you know, I'm I'm backing the boys tonight. I honestly believe that we can and will get a result against Tunisia tonight, and then we go into that last game against Denmark. You know, hoping that France you know does a job on them uh, tomorrow morning as well. We could very much, and I'm confident that we'll go into that last game against Denmark needing a point to get through. I'm telling you, that's what, that will be one of the greatest achievements in Australian sport if we do that. I agree. And, mate, you know what? You're 100% right about this criticism about this Australian time. You're taking on the reigning world champions in France. The difference in value is $780 million. You know what? Those boys are out there busting their butt, you know, trying to compete against um, players that are arguably in the top, you know, 15, 20 players in the world. Like Mbappe's up in the top three players yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. How, how scintillating was he? And, you know, they, you start to see they hang Nathaniel Atkinson out to dry, yeah. BP. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts there? Because, you know, we've discussed it here on, on the air that 
yeah, maybe we should have changed our tactics there. What would you have done in that situation? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a difficult situation. I think, uh, you know, Arnie's in a difficult position there. And I know that, you know, some of the press and some of the commentary after the game was that, you know, we should have been a little bit more, you know, opening 10 minutes. We kind of went at France a little bit. Um, but I think partly that was more down to France sitting a little bit deeper and allowing us to play in that first 10 minutes versus us really um, getting on the front foot and, and trying to attack. Um, it's, it's a difficult situation. If we go out against France and try and get on the front foot um, and attack them and press them in the front third, it could very easily go pear-shaped. And we could be walking away with you know six or seven goal loss. What does that do to the psychology and confidence mm. of the players heading into the next game? So I think it's very easy for us to sit here um, in the armchair and say we should have went at France. But I think you know, Arnie, Arnie knows what he's doing and I think we need to trust him. Um, and as I said, I think we'll get a positive result tonight. He'll go in there with a game plan against the Tunisians. And if the players stick to that game plan and, and show the confidence and show that you know, Australian character that we're known for, we can get a result, absolutely. Yeah, I think against France it became damage minimisation, wasn't it? And I also... I tend to agree with Brad, like watching some of these other nations, I think as an Australian supporter, you just want to be proud of the effort. So, so watching Iran overnight, watching the Saudis, watching the Japanese, you just want them to put in a shift that you can be proud of. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Brad, about, you know, the French side and, and all those things. For me, the big difference, and again, this comes down to the calibre of opposition they play against on a weekly basis. I just felt that they were, the French side were just one or two steps quicker in everything they did. You know, when they had the ball, they were just that little spark quicker. They they were a delight to watch. Oh, 100%. And when they defended, and that that was a big play there on Atkinson where, you know, he normally would have that little half step extra time or half a second extra time. Mm. He's playing against one of the best and, left wings in the in the world. And what are we doing playing out from the back anyway? Correct. At, at times. Kick line, mate. Kick line. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Brad? It's, yeah, look, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, my observations were, you know, Australia used to, you know, we copped a lot of criticism, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s for, for being a nation that produced very physical players. So we were known as being, you know, big, fast, fit, strong footballers. And the criticism was always that we were technically and tactically quite poor. You know, that was the, you know, always the, you know, the narrative that will come out of these big tournaments. And I think as a, as a country, we made that decision when we bought in the, you know, the, the Dutch and overhauled the development system and, and introduced the national curriculum. And, you know, we can argue, you know, the, the merits of that, you know, for, for hours here. But I think we've, we've gone so far down the path of developing players technically, which, is, which we absolutely needed to. And we know at the top level you need to be technically and tactically you know, outstanding now. But I think we've lost our way with our physical development. And some of those things, some of those traits that we were known for physically, you know, we're now not known for them. And the way the game has gone, you know, gone are the days where a, you, know, you see a Paul Gascoigne in the middle of a pitch who's maybe not physically great but was a genius. Now to, to compete at the top level, you need to be you know, a genius and you need to be a superb athlete. Um, you know, that was certainly my observation of, of those top teams at the tournament. They're brilliant players, but they're also supreme athletes. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that, you know, I, and I, you know, you talked about how good it was to watch the French. Right? Yeah, well, well what, what about the goal that would have been scored by Mbappe? Yeah. Started on the right-hand flank where the winger has just seized a moment, Brad. You'd remember this, but his blistering speed and the delivery into the box, if they had scored that, 
It would have been one of the greatest goals I'd ever see in my lifetime, but it went over the roof. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the French team are outstanding. You know, they'll certainly be there at the end of the tor- tournament to be reckoned with, for sure. Um, but as I said, you know, we're not competing in that, you know, in that talent pool as Australians. Um, but certainly, you know, with the with the coaching staff we've got and the togetherness of that group, as I said, you know, I'm I'm quietly confident we can get a get a result against the Tunisians. Hey, and what are your thoughts of Mick Morley as we go to the break? Uh, he just said he's in Quaz's corner. <laughs> Mick who? Yeah, look, <laughs> uh, you know, I've obviously got more work to do. Look, what I will say when you showed the uh, or when you you know aired some of the highlights of previous games, I'm surprised you didn't get uh, some highlights of Quaz's. Uh, Tunisia, Denmark, nil all draw commentary. Surely you can dug after that. I love it. Brad, we talked about how good France were. What about the Brazilians, mate? Uh, Great to see them perform and uh, their efforts against, who was it? Uh, Serbia. Uh, What's his name? Richarlson. A couple of great goals. Second goal is, uh, gee, that is football at its best. I'm calling it now. That'll be goal of the tournament. It's going to take an incredible effort to. Yep. To top that, uh, the the cross obviously wasn't the best. I think it arrived in at about knee height. He's, he's popped the ball up, you know, spun on the half turn, and the connection of that that scissor kick was uh, was you know he, he couldn't have hit it any better. So um, obviously Brazil, they're they're highly fancied at the tournament as they always are. Um, yes. You know, we talk about you know the stars in the French team, but what about the the depth of talent in that Brazil team? I mean they. I think they made four or five changes towards the back end of that game. You know, they're bringing on guys like Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Casemiro, um, you know, Fred. But, I mean, these guys are bona fide, you know, world world stars, and they're bringing them off the bench. It's just an incredible depth of talent. Yeah, I'm glad Richarlison scored that because it's something you would expect from the great Pelé, isn't it? I mean, it was that brilliant. Yeah, look, the, the, the narrative of World Cup, there's always... There's always Brazil, and there's always, you know, a number nine from Brazil that's doing the business. You know, down the years, you've had Pelé, you know, you've had the, the fat Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we, we, there's always a narrative around a Brazilian number nine. So, um, you know, hopefully this is, this is the year potentially for Richarlison. Yeah, and you know the other thing too, and I said this to my son Corey last night, Richarlison barely touched the ball in the opening 45. Yeah. So you say to any young athlete that, stay in the contest, and you never know when it's going to turn. So his first one's a poacher's goal, second one is just... Uh, and you know what, I, I look at that and, you know, my son was telling me about uh, Messi and the amount of Ks that he does. Like, you know, it's about 4K for a game and, mm. you know, most other players are doing 8, 10, 15, 15 Ks, whatever it is, right? Mm. But, you know what, his teammates don't care because no. when he touches the ball, he's mm. brilliant. I, I do want to touch on, Brad, uh, Portugal, and in particular Cristiano Ronaldo, becomes the first player ever to score uh, a goal in five, five World Cups, which is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, just the mark of him as a player and a man and, and what he's managed to achieve in the game. Yeah, look, obviously, you know, an incredible star. You know, we can, you know, we can talk about the size of the ego and some of the things that are surrounding, you know, Ronaldo and, and what's come out. Obviously, the interview with Piers Morgan, you know, with... Um, yeah, his, his criticism of Manchester United and they've now obviously terminated his contract but you know, the, the way that he's wired and we know with Ronaldo it's, it's very much all about Ronaldo um, you know, he's, he'll be going to this World Cup thinking I want to prove everyone wrong everyone's telling me I'm too old and I'm finished um, he's going to be highly motivated to leave a massive mark on this World Cup and uh, you know, I'll tell you what if, if, 
if one man at 37 has got the ability, footballing-wise, to do it, it's him. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, mate. Now, I've got to tell you, we talked about the, you know, the couple of upsets and what they mean. You know, the likes of Germany, Argentina. Um, you know, this second round for these teams is so important for them in relation to them progressing through to the next round uh, because, you know, you go into that, you, you know, you come out of a, the first game with a loss. Gia puts you behind the eight ball. Yeah, look, it, it becomes, you know, not quite sudden death, but that those teams certainly need to, to pick up at least a point to stay alive. I think, you know, we, we can talk about Argentina. I think, you know, you, spoke, you mentioned Buttes in the first half. They were, they were very good. And if it wasn't for, for VAR, you know, if we're sitting here and it's, you know, 2002 yeah. and that game gets played, Argentina's up 3-0 at halftime and, you know, they probably comfortably win that game. Um, yes. But the fact that we've got VAR, they've got those, you know, marginal decisions that have gone against them. You know, they've, they've come out with a loss, but I think the, the psychology of, of them in particular, you know, they went, I think it was 36, 37 games unbeaten. The likelihood of coming into a World Cup and extending that another eight games at that level, yeah, yeah, it's questionable whether you can maintain it. So I think for them, it's almost a, you know, it's an, it's an adage and it's a little bit of a cliche in sport, but they talk about the loss that you need to have. That, that unbeaten run is now out of their system. They're not thinking about that. The shackles are off. I think um, you know, we may look back at the end of the tournament. Uh, that result may be a blessing in disguise for them. Yeah, and we may be getting two of the best games of the World Cup overnight. Hopefully one of them is Tunisia or Australia, but France versus Denmark. Yeah. Now, Brad, you'll tell us in a few moments, that is absolute top-shelf European football that we're about to see overnight. And as Butz has spoken about, Argentina-Mexico tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. That's one you've got to set your alarm for because that could be absolutely epic. South American football going up against the Mexicans. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, look, the, the Argentina-Mexico game, I mean, that's just... You know, if you, look at, if you look at the names of those nations, that's just got World Cup written all over it, that game. You know, Mexico have got a, you know, a huge pedigree in World Cups and always... You know, play a good brand of football. They're always on the front foot. You know, the Argentinians the same. So that that game could literally be anything. Um, Argentina obviously need the win in that one. Um, so I, you know, you you could potentially be looking at a high-scoring, you know, end-to-end affair there, which would be fantastic. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, two European heavyweights in France and Denmark. You know, obviously all Australians. You know, we're hoping for a French win. You know, we want the French just yes. to walk through that group and and clean up the Danes and the Tunisians, which helps our cause. But, you know, Denmark obviously have a lot of quality and a lot of pedigree themselves. So, um, you know, that's, a, that's certainly a game that's going to be, you know, very you know, entertaining to watch as well. And, Brad, I dare say, if you've got nothing better to do on Monday morning at 6 a.m., there's a game, Spain versus Germany, which I think might be okay. Just saying. Yeah, talk about narrative around that. I mean, Spain have come into the tournament... Probably for the first time for a long time. No one's really spoken about Spain. Um, you know, they obviously still got you know an incredible you know amount of talent in the squad, but no one was really talking about them as contenders. You know, in the same breath of the Argentinians and the, the Germans and the Brazilians, uh, but they've absolutely destroyed uh, Costa Rica in that first game and, and played a you know a sublime um, brand of football, almost synonymous with the, the Spanish teams of the you know the mid-2015s, for instance. Um, and then obviously you've got Germany on the other hand. They, they need a result here. They need at least, yes, they a, do. At least a point, uh, if not a win, after that first up loss. So that's a, 
I mean, it, it, it's very early in the tournament for Spain-Germany. That's a game that, you know, belongs in the quarter-final, semi-final, final stage. So we're, we're certainly in for a treat, you know, this early in the tournament. And, and isn't that amazing that, you know, people spoke about our group as the group of death. Yeah. I bumped into someone last Sunday who's a lifelong football fan and has, has played the game at the highest level. Yep. And he said, you are joking. There's, all... there's a group with Germany versus Spain. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, the thing about it is, with that game on the Monday morning, Tomorrow night, Japan take on Costa Rica. So, you know, you'd like to think or you'd probably think that Japan will get the win there against Costa Rica. They're a great team. Which then puts them on six points. You know, the pressure is well and truly on Germany and they'll know exactly where they stand and what they've got to do. I'm glad Japan won because for me it means they've taken that next step from being technically excellent to being mentally strong. Yeah. Do you agree, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at, I mean, we often as, as Australians, you know, we, we're in the Asian Confederation and we obviously consider ourselves, you know, in the, in the same breath as a Japan or a Saudi Arabia or an Iran. I think that's the perception that you know, us as a nation has. But if you, look at, if you look at Japan, you look at that squad, like all of those players are playing, you know, at the top level in top leagues across Europe. You look at Iran, you know, they've got... So many of that squad are playing, you know, in the Bundesliga. You know, they've got a lot of players playing in the Premier League. So I think we we underestimate, again, you know, I'm, I'm harping on about it, but the Socceroos squad, you know, we, we've got nowhere near the talent of even a Japan or a, or an Iran, for instance. Uh, yet our expectations are almost, you know, on, on that level. Um, yeah, so, I get yeah, it. It's, Unrealistic. It's no that Japan gets results. You know, I, I, I go back to the point you probably made earlier on when you first come on. You know what? We should be thankful and appreciative of the fact they're actually in the World Cup. 100%. Right? They've done an amazing job to get there, right? And we've got to have faith, and you know we've also got to have uh, not these unrealistic expectations that we are going into this World Cup. There's 32 nations in that World Cup. We're probably regarded as probably the 28th or 29th best team. There, <laughs> well, 100. percent right? And that's not that's not being disrespectful. No, that's it, just a harsh reality. But you've got to be realistic. Look, you look you look at our team and look and you look at the players we've got and where they're playing in the world. It, it's that's changed. Back in the in the golden years, you know, with with Vadukas and all that sort of stuff, they, they were playing at the highest level in, in England, right? Yep. We don't have that really anymore. You know, we've got I don't know how many A League players there was. There was a, a few. So you've got to be realistic. I mean, it's as simple as that. We, hey, don't, we don't have as many we have plenty of players playing around the world yeah. we don't have as many as we did no. playing in that EPL that no that highest level correct exactly right yeah we need to go to uh, the news take it away Brad like Mitch, all respect to someone like Mitch Duke he obviously started the game for the Socceroos the other night now the reality is you know he's an ageing player now in his 30s he's mm. playing in the second division in Japan so that just yeah. gives you a, a little bit That's of an right. idea. He's not even playing first, you know, the first league in Japan. He's playing in the second division, and yeah. we're lining up against a team with Giroud and, and, and Mbappe at the other end. Yeah, no. So, no. The fact that we're competing on that on that level is is phenomenal. Yep. yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, I'm giving you a standing ovation. The uh, final show of the year. Look. Uh, the, the jury's out. Like you said, I mean, it is like choosing between uh, your kids. Uh, do we have favourites with our kids? <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> of course we, <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Th- thank you so much, mate. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to doing a whole lot more in 2023. It's been a pleasure, guys. I've, uh, I've appreciated being back on the air.